Welcome to the Richard Blackby Leadership Podcast, helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackby Ministries International. Well, Richard, here we are again. It's good to be so soon. <laughs> it's good to be back in the saddle. Yeah, uh, you were just uh, in the Great White North. I was Canada. Yeah, uh, my oldest son Mike is uh, is a church planter in Victoria, Canada. Out beautiful, on beautiful Island. Victoria. Yeah. You've been there and got yeah, some we great were there. pictures. Yeah, about about a month ago. Uh, and so it's great. It's tough to see half my grandkids uh, twenty eight hundred miles away from me, but. Uh, you know, you raise your kids to uh, do whatever God tells them to do, and and sometimes they actually follow through with that. Yeah, and they so they leave you behind. So it's as hard as it is. We're we're proud of him that they'd go so far away, and, yeah. and they're doing a great job. I got to preach at his church last Sunday, and uh, real, I tell you, there's a few th- greater thrills than preaching in one of your kids' churches or ministries, and dropping in and just trying to bless them. And so it was a great trip. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's fun to to watch it on Facebook and yeah. Twitter and all the yeah. all the fun with the grandkids. And oh, I, know, yeah. I know you and Lisa love that. Well, um, here we are, still in Reality 4. Uh, <laughs> if, you've, if you've listened to the past couple of podcasts, um, we are looking at Reality 4 of Experiencing God. And we're going through this sort of mini-series mm-hmm. on the seven realities of experiencing God. And if you're just, if this is the first podcast you're listening to, I'd, I'd say go back and listen to the previous two at least. Obviously, you should go back and listen to all of them, but mm-hmm. at least yeah. the last two. And uh, it will catch you up to the reality of uh, God Speaks and God Speaks to His people today. Um, last time we looked at God speaking through the Word of God and through the Spirit of God. Through prayer. Through prayer. That's right. We, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, but today, uh, we want to look at how God speaks through circumstances. And uh, we had said, I think, the first podcast on this reality was going to be a two-part series. Last podcast, we said it was going to be a three-part series. And just looking at our notes today, we're thinking probably a, Four. a four-part series. <laughs> it's becoming an epic series. Yes, yes. Yeah. But, so, uh, you know, as I said... Uh, the whole con the, the the reality of the fa- of the fact that God speaks to people is so huge that uh, even as we start going into it, we realize we need to really take some time on this one uh, because if you if you don't get how God speaks to you, if you if you're missing His voice to you, there's just few things more devastating to your life. Uh, then you're you're going through life blind. Uh, it's not that God doesn't want to guide you, protect you, convict you. Uh, but if you don't recognize his voice when he's doing those things, then he's he's not going to have an influence in your life like he would like to. So uh, we, we looked at how God speaks through the Bible, and that is certainly the primary way, because that's black and white. Uh, that's written down in a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, Now, the words themselves are important, but what really makes them important is the Holy Spirit, who takes those words that were originally written back in Bible times, and then he applies them specifically to your life today. He shows you how that truth of God's word uh, relates to decisions you're, you're making or circumstances you're going through. And then we looked at prayer and the fact that prayer is a conversation. It's not just a monologue in which you just tell God what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's then being quiet and letting God answer you and respond to what you've been saying and to enter into a dialogue, which is a, an exhilarating 
concept to think that uh, you actually could enter into a conversation with the person who created the universe, who created your life, who knows when your life will come to an end in, uh, on this earth. Uh, and so prayer is a second way. And, and today we want to look at circumstances. And circumstances are any event in your life. Um, it, it can be a negative event. It could be a, a doctor's appointment where you're diagnosed with cancer. Uh, it could be a job loss where you're, you've just been downsized. It could be a job opportunity where you have a, an opportunity to take a, a new job in a new city, uh, or you may receive a promotion. Maybe it's an opportunity to serve in your church. Uh, someone has come and asked that if you'd be willing to serve as a deacon or as an elder in your church. And um, it, it can be any number of things. Uh, uh, it could be a crisis in your child's life. Uh, but um, a circumstance, we, of course, everyone has circumstances. Circumstances are basically life events that take place. We all have circumstances. Atheists have circumstances in their life. The difference is the, the way that for a Christian, the Holy Spirit uses those circumstances to communicate God's will to you. Uh, and so unless the Holy Spirit interprets the circumstances of your life, uh, then circumstances can be very confusing to you. If you, if you have to make sense of them, it's, it's just a big guessing game. But uh, God can use circumstances to guide you to where he wants you to go. So uh, let me give you an example. Um, when I was uh, the president of a seminary in Canada, uh, I got to the school. It has a lot of needs. Uh, it's uh, in a relatively small facility. It's got a small student body. It has uh, small finances. Uh, it has large problems. Uh, and here I am, a brand new president. Everywhere I look, there are needs to be met. The grounds need a lot of work. Uh, I mean, everywhere I look, there's a, there are problems and issues. And so as a, as a leader, sometimes you look around and you just say, where do I even begin? I, I don't have enough time. I mean, this is overwhelming even to, to think of all the work that needs to be done here. So, yeah. um, so I'm praying and saying, well, God, uh, guide me. Show me what to do. Uh, we, we can't afford to make mistakes here. We can't afford uh, false steps where we just flail about and just try everything we can and see if something works. Uh, it, we're praying and saying, God, we've got very limited resources, and so we've, we've, got, to, we've got to make sure it counts, whatever it is we do. So uh, early on while I'm there uh, in my office, uh, one day I get um, a letter from a guy in Texas, and he says, uh, hey, we, we saw uh, a need that was posted uh, by your seminary in some missions magazine that uh, you could use some more housing for, for your seminary. And uh, we, I, I lead a group of men in Texas uh, that uh, do mission projects. And we'd be interested in, in talking to you about perhaps coming up there and helping you build uh, some housing for your students. Well, uh, you know, I was excited that someone wanted to help us. And here's, so there's the circumstance. I get a, a letter one day from a guy in Texas saying we'd be willing to come and help you build student housing, uh, but you, the, the way it works is you guys raise the money for it and we'll come up with some volunteer labor. Well, yeah. some of the problems for, for me was that at the time we had some housing. We didn't have a lot, but we, we didn't even have the housing we, we did have filled with students yet. We had vacancies. So we really don't have, and we don't have a lot of students at that point. So um, that's not really a pressing need. We could build more housing, but we also don't have any money for it. And so I don't really want to 
build more of housing if we haven't filled the housing we do have. Right. But that's a sensible it, it seems, look at it. It seems sensible. Of course, you know, you want to always pray about it because, you know, God knows things we don't know. So maybe God is uh, preparing you for what he knows is coming. Uh, so as I prayed about it, and, and then I also, I talked with uh, some of my chief advisors there at the school. Uh, as we, I said, well, what is it we really do need? Well, what we really ne- needed was an academic building. Uh, because at that point, we basically had the whole school in one building. All the administration, mm-hmm. uh, my office, development office, uh, everything. All the faculty offices, all in one, one spot, the library, everything. And, uh, and so we really, as we began to just to pray and consider what we would, we needed to expand the work of the school, we really needed an academic building that, that could have, uh, better classrooms, more modern, uh, setups, faculty offices and fa- faculty lounge and so on and the bookstore. And, uh, so I, so we, we thought, well, let's go back and see if this is, is this God or not? Of course, that's the big question. Just yeah. because an opportunity comes along doesn't mean it's. It's God's will. It just means it's an opportunity. So, uh, so I, I wrote back and talked to him and said, um, you know, very grateful you'd be willing to do that. But uh, what we really need is uh, an academic building. Is your heart set on building, uh, you know, uh, housing for students, or are you open to building other things? Well, he came back and said, yeah, you know, we we'd be open to build whatever you need. It's just uh, that's what we saw. And and interestingly, before I he had even arrived at the school. I guess some mission magazine had approached the school and uh, said, Gee, would you like to submit some kind of need? And, and somebody down line at the school, there wasn't a president there at the time, had just put in housing just so they had something there. Uh, yeah, filler. So it was just, a, yeah, it was just filler. I, I can't even remember who it was. I think it was maybe a faculty person. Um, and so they didn't really know what we needed. They just put something down so that there'd be something there. And it, it had caught this man's interest and so he said sure we'd be willing to do that and so then as we looked at it all again we, we began to draw up some plans of kind of what what would really be helpful we sort of a you know we're, here's our where's our wish list if we had all these different facilities then uh spaces how many different needs could we meet as we as we grow as a school well then i came back to him and said uh Hey, so grateful you'd be willing to come up and do this, but um, we actually don't have any money, and we're such a small school. We have such a, a small donor base that what what donations we are getting, we really need to use for just operating. And so, right. Um, so, could I ask you if you'd be willing to not only build the building but raise the money for the materials? He said, "Well, we've never done that before." And all the time we've existed as an organization, we've never just we've you know built or raised the money as well. We always just come in and, and provide the Do labor. The work, yeah. But he said we'll check. And so they talked, and he came back and said, you know, as we prayed about it, we feel like God is telling us for the first time ever um, to to raise the money as well. He said we don't want to set a precedent where everybody expects us to do that, but we feel like we should do that for you. And uh, and so just step by step by step. Uh, it just it began to just, it seemed like every time we prayed and sought God's direction, even when it seemed impossible, you know, we, we didn't have the money, so it didn't matter that they would build it for free. And then they said, well, we'll raise the money. And uh, and just one step after another. And then uh, I think I may have told this story before, but uh, in a meeting with this man, he said, you know, there's a particular donor that I've been trying to reach for over a year. Can't even, we go to the same church, but I never see this person. And 
uh, and he said, let's just pray if God's in this, that um, he'll, he'll let me somehow connect with this person and tell her about uh, this particular need. We literally finished our meeting. We were meeting face to face at that time. And, uh, we walk out the door and we literally run immediately into that very person that we've just prayed to see. Hmm. And so before very long, it becomes, uh, obvious that everything that we need as we move down this direction, God keeps providing. And, uh, uh, many different miraculous stories took place. Um, oftentimes we would be right down to our last dollar. We, we couldn't build anymore until we had more money come in. And then, a a check would arrive just in time. And, uh, it, many, many gods. I mean, anyone who was a part of that pro- particular project had no doubt that God was the author of it and mm. that God provided everything we needed. And so what began is simply, uh, a, a letter coming in the mail with an opportunity became uh, an incredible divine journey in which God just kept showing us his will. And as we just kept responding to it, um, God would just show us a little bit more and a little bit more. And uh, just a few weeks ago, I actually went back and taught uh, a leadership class in that very building that we built back uh, wow. at that time. And I was reminded, every, I, still to this day, every time I walk into that building, I just, everywhere I look, I just am reminded of miraculous God stories where you put that together. And so, you know, oftentimes we get a letter in the mail or we get a phone call, uh, someone makes a casual comment. And in that moment, we, we have this sense by the Holy Spirit, I think God is initiating something in my life right here. So God help me to make sense of this. Is this of you? Uh, or is it not? And, and so, like I said, we all have circumstances in our life. The key is how the Holy Spirit helps us understand those circumstances and know how to respond to them. Well, good. Let's take a quick break here and we'll wrap up when we come back. Ready to take your leadership to the next level? The Entrepreneurial Leaders Program is a one-week intensive course at Oxford University designed to help marketplace and entrepreneurial leaders develop the skills they need to have a greater impact on their business and community. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to study under Dr. Richard Blackaby and other leadership experts at one of the world's most prestigious academic institutions. This transformational course will run from August 11th through 19th, 2019. For more information or to register, visit entrepreneurialleaders.com. The link will be in the show notes. So Richard, that uh, the story about uh, the seminary and just how God orchestrated all of the needs and, and was very clear to you guys at the time that this is what needed to happen, that's, that's good and that's great. Um, what about when circumstances are hurtful, though? Because yeah. uh, not every circumstance is as is, is, uh, great an outlook as, you know, getting the funds needed for a building project or the free labor or any of that kind of stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. But there's also negative circumstances. And, right. Uh, sometimes circumstances are painful. Yeah. You know, my dad tells a great story about that in the book, Experiencing God, where my sister, who is 16, comes down with a very aggressive uh, cancer and... Uh, uh, of course, my dad, who's serving in Canada at the time and doing all kinds of great mission work, suddenly is told his 16-year-old daughter has cancer. And that, that can be very confusing. It's like, God, yeah. I'm, I'm doing all this for you, uh, serving you. We're seeing so many great things happen. Why would you let this huge distraction come into my life uh, and my my daughter suffer? And even if she is healed, it's going to be... Uh, still just such a, a diversion of energy and time when I'm trying to do all this f- uh, for your kingdom. 
it just seems like God, I, I can't understand why you do that. Uh, and, and dad tells a story, uh, just remembering the story of the disciples in the boat, uh, the, in, on the Sea of Galilee when they run into a storm mm-hmm. and the disciples, as they're in that storm, they conclude we're going to perish. Uh, we're, a lot of them are fishermen. They know that sea and they've never seen a storm like that before. And they know that they're yeah. doomed. So they conclude from the circumstance of the storm, we're, we're all dead men. And, uh, but then they hear from Jesus and Jesus, of course, in John fourteen six said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And what I think partly what that means is Jesus is the truth. And so you don't really know the truth of your circumstance until you've heard from the truth from mm-hmm. Jesus. And so, uh, their conclusion, we're going to perish, but they hear from the truth and he says, no, you're not going to perish. And then he looks at the storm and says, be still. And all of a sudden everything is perfectly calm. And instead of dying and drowning, uh, they experience one of the greatest miracles they've ever seen. And they have a great worship experience, uh, profoundly different perspective on the same circumstance. Mm. They think it's, it's the end of their life. Jesus knows it's going to be one of the greatest worship encounters they ever have. So with my sister, uh, my dad, as he tells that story and experiencing God, uh, God used that to launch all kinds of new prayer ministries. People prayed all over the world. Mm. Many people started prayer groups for my sister. Uh, and, uh, after she was miraculously healed, um, those prayer groups continued all around the world. And many would say this prayer group began, began as we were ministering to your praying for your sister. And, and so, so many good things came from that. Uh, and of course that became one of the most moving illustrations in the whole book of experiencing God. God brought all kinds of good from that. And uh, Mm -hmm. my sister is alive today. She served as a missionary for many years in Germany, now ministers uh, here in our city with our church and uh, with her husband. And so, uh, yeah, cir- circumstances sometimes can look very painful and mm-hmm. confusing. And you can even ask yourself, why would a loving God allow this circumstance in my life? And uh, my dad always said, especially in light of my sister, he said, you, you have to always view your circumstance from the backdrop of the cross. In other words, you've got to mm-hmm. always put the cross uh, behind every circumstance and, and to be reminded that at the cross, Jesus proved once and for all that he does love you. That's never in question. No circumstance is ever going to change the fact that Jesus died for you on the cross. So, mm. so he settled once and for all on the cross. He loves you. Now, now with that in place, understand, now say, so God, I know you love me. So show me how you're expressing your love through this confusing, difficult, even painful circumstance. Mm. Don't ever think, well, I used to think God loved me and now I've got this painful uh, circumstance in my life. Right. Instead say, I, no, I know you love me. You proved that. There, that's, there's no question about that. So help me understand why a loving God would think that this circumstance was best for me in my life. And in time, if you, if you let God, if you come at it from that perspective, eventually God will make it clear to you that even those painful moments, actually he was using for your good. Yeah. That's a powerful shift to, to look at your circumstances through that lens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that is, that's just a very powerful way to look at things. Um, speaking of circumstances, I think what, what often gets talked about when, when people talk about circumstances and God speaking through circumstances and just, uh, deciding to go this way or that way, you, you hear the, the term, the open and closed door yeah. quite often. It's like, you know, 
well, God just opened this door and, and I walked through it and it was great. Or he closed this door, but then this, you know, when God closes a door, he opens a window or whatever. The, <laughs> whatever, whatever the hallmark cliche is. Yeah, right. So yeah. can you speak to a little bit about how we should view those sort of open and closed doors, yeah. air quotes, uh, if you will? Uh, yeah, open you know, an open door is basically an opportunity. So you're at your company working away, and all of a sudden, you're, uh, an opportunity comes to maybe perhaps apply for a promotion, and or your boss says you're our number one candidate. Are you willing to take this uh, new, new position? It pays more, has more responsibility, uh, or someone comes from your church and says uh, you've been nominated for this position. Would you be willing to serve as an elder in your church? And or it's a, a marriage proposal is an open door. Hey, I'd want yeah. you to marry me. Uh, uh, lots and lots of, uh, you know, there's a sale on. You've been wanting to buy a new car. And look, at the car I really want is on sale right now. I guess that's an open door. Uh, and, and so a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of Christians assume that if a door is open, they're supposed to go through it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I've had Christians say that their philosophy is, that when an open door happens in their life, they pray and say, God, if you don't want me to go through that door, then close it for me. That's how I'll know that this is not from you, that because it'll close. If you leave it open, Lord, I'm going to assume that you want me to go through it. Well, you have to be very careful with that because that's not what you find in the Bible. Uh, mm. God often leaves doors open that you're not supposed to go through. Uh, Adam and Eve had an open door right to the tree of knowledge uh, of good and evil. Uh, If God didn't want them to eat from that tree, he could have just closed the door. He could have just put an angel guarding it and said that that door is closed. That's not my will. But he left the door open so that they could go through that door if they chose to, even though it would cost them a great deal. Um, Mm. And so I've known people that, well, you know, that had this job offer, um, God didn't close the door. So I just assumed I should accept the job. And, uh, then all of a sudden that job requires them to travel three quarters of the time. They're not home, uh, as their teenage kids are growing up. Uh, there's all kinds of new stress on their life and, uh, it, their marriage suffers. They can't serve in their church anymore because they're traveling so much and away from town. Uh, and they look back and, and realize, you know, I'm not sure that that was from God. The door was open and I just went through it. But, uh, you know, now I look at all the damage it's done and I realize that wasn't from God. And so the, the problem with that is that God wants to guide you by his Holy Spirit. And of course, an atheist goes through open doors and doesn't go through closed doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but we, have, we have things atheists don't have. We have the Holy Spirit within us and whispering to our soul saying, okay, go through that door. Or whispering and saying, all right, that door is open, but you're not intended to go through that one. Uh, listen to me. You see, it. our problem is we're always looking for some substitute for a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, God wants us always to go to him whenever we need to make a choice. Uh, but if we just simply go through every open door that comes along and we don't go through doors that are closed, we don't need God anymore. All we got to do is just have an open door yeah. policy. If there, we, if the door <laughs> is open, formula. we go through. And I've literally known people that uh, married the wrong, literally married the wrong people. I'll come right out and say it. I know they married people they shouldn't have married. And But, but they got a, a marriage proposal. I've known some wonderful godly women that uh, 
had a, a man propose marriage to them. And they thought, well, this man says he loves me. He says it's God's will that I marry him. And uh, I prayed about it, and he hasn't changed his mind, and doesn't look like the door is closed. Uh, and so I guess it must be from God. And they hmm. just simply married the wrong person, and they suffered terribly for it ever after. Um, God wants us always to rely upon him. And so just because there's an opportunity in front of you, uh, don't assume that because God's allowed an opportunity to come before you that it's from him, that he wants you to go through it. What every circumstance is supposed to do is to drive you back to God Mm. so that now you go back to God and say, God, help me understand this circumstance. Remember, Jesus is the truth. And so every time there's a job opportunity or a job loss, uh, you got to go back to the spirit of truth uh, and uh, say, Jesus, tell me, what what is the truth of this circumstance? Maybe it is a great opportunity, but I'm, I can't assume that. Just because from what I can see, it looks like a raise in pay, looks like uh, better, more perks. Uh, but, but Jesus, what is the truth of this for me? And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and if you'll do that, there'll be times when you'll turn down promotions. You'll turn down job opportunities. You'll decline serving in certain positions, even though it might offer you prestige and greater pay. Uh, but the spirit of truth will be telling you, yeah, but it's going to cost your family. It's going to cost your teenage son. It's going to put pressure on your marriage. It's going to mean you don't have time to serve me in the church. Uh, th- this looks like a great open door, but there's, there'll be a price to pay for that one. That at this stage in your life, you don't want to pay that price. Mm. And so... Uh, don't, don't wait for God to close doors for you that you that he doesn't want you to go through. Sometimes those doors stay open. Uh, and I, and I also just finally would just say, um, just because a door appears closed at the moment, doesn't mean that it's not God's will. Uh, I've known where people really were praying and feeling like God wanted to use them in a particular way. And then a, a job opportunity didn't materialize. They applied for what seemed like the perfect job, and they didn't get it. Hmm. Uh, I know my dad, uh, when when I was about six or seven years old, my parents both surrendered uh, to, to foreign missions, and they felt that uh, God was calling them to go to Africa. And they applied to their mission board. They were accepted. My dad was going to be a teacher at a seminary in Africa. Uh, so when I was about seven or eight, I was getting ready to head to to Africa to grow up, spend my childhood in Africa. All of a sudden I, I had a, uh, I started having some fainting spells and, uh, the, the doctors checked me out and they, they couldn't find a tumor, but they, they suspected I must have one somewhere that was causing me to pass out. So they put me on some pretty heavy duty drugs. Uh, the mission agency told my dad, uh, you know what, you just don't want to go to Africa when you have a son that may have a brain tumor. You better stay where you have some Western medicine to help you with your son. And so it seemed like the door was closed. My, my parents had applied. They were all ready to go. Their bags were all but packed. And then all of a sudden the door slammed shut. Hmm. Um, it could seem like a devastating closed door to them. But my parents just prayed and said, God, show us the truth of the circumstance. It, the door seems closed to us. We were ready to go serve you in missions, but now we can't. But uh, then they get a letter, a call from, uh, from Canada about a church in Saskatoon. And uh, that's actually the country my dad grew up in. It's, it's a tremendous mission field, and it's actually his home country. Mm. He ends up going there instead and uh, begins to experience God all over the place. If he'd gone to Africa, he would have gone with our mission agency. 
and the mission agency would have provided his funding and his salary and everything would have been in place for him. Going to Canada, he didn't have that kind of funding. He didn't have any kind of support. All he had was God. And so by going to Canada, he had to experience God. And so, of course, he ends up writing Experiencing God Hmm. as a result. And years later, the head of the whole foreign mission agency that my dad had originally applied to go with came to my dad and said, uh, your book, Experiencing God, has been so impactful in my life and in so many missionaries' lives. I want you and your wife to go around the world teaching people how to experience God. And my dad ended up going to about 115 different countries. And at one point, my dad said to this man, he said, you know, years ago, my wife and I applied to be missionaries, and we thought we were going to Africa, and he told the story about me. And and, uh, the mission agency uh, president said, you know, I have a feeling if you'd gone to Africa, you would have been a great missionary, but you would have spent your whole life in one country in Africa. But uh, he said by going to Canada... God taught you so much about experiencing God that since then you've gone to over 110, 115 different countries. You've gone to way more foreign countries because a door seemingly closed to you. And so what seemed like a door that was closing so that my parents couldn't do four missions ended up actually being an opportunity to go to 115 different countries instead of one. And so just because the door is closed in your life, don't don't assume it's permanently forever closed until you've gone to the spirit of truth and uh, you've let Jesus, who is the truth, explain what the truth of your circumstance is. Then you know whether the door is going to always be closed or not. But uh, circumstances certainly can be confusing. That's why you have to know the truth that only comes from Jesus. Uh, And so then you, you have clarity about what's going on in your life. Well, I think that's a great place to, uh, to stop when with uh, reality for and, Next week. Next we will, week. We'll get to the end. We will We will finally <laughs> close the door on this chapter uh, of, nice ex- of experiencing God. <laughs> yeah. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. If you have questions or comments, please email us at podcast at blackbee.org.